0: Please open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, this is God's Word. Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later... She gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, but Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen." Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain lay with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad, and Irad was the father of mahuyel and Mahuyel was the father of Methu- Meth- Methushael, and Methushael was the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women, one named Ada, and the other, Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabel. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all who play the harp and flute. Zillah also had a son, Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Cain's sister was Nema. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech seventy-seven times. Adam lay with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. At that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. They got kicked out of the garden. They can't go back. They're not to take from the tree of life and be kept in that state forever. So now, living outside of Eden, Adam and Eve have first one son and then another. The first is named Cain. The second is named Abel. Sometime... Goes by. They're not infants at this point. They're not toddlers. They're men. Time has elapsed. And both Cain and Abel come to worship God. But Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Abel, on the other hand, brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Notice it wasn't just the offering that God was looking at. In the book of Hebrews, we're told that it was by faith that Abel offered a better sacrifice. His worship of God was done in faith. No such statement is made about Cain's worship. (sighs) Do you ever wonder what percentage of people who go to church are really there to worship God? Do you ever wonder what percentage of the time your worship is really worship? Because just going through the motions is not worship. And doing things in order to try and get God to do what you want is not worship. That is essentially witchcraft. The idea that I'm going to do certain things in order for me to be in control of spiritual forces. Abel did something that involved real sacrifice. Cain brought some of the fruit that he'd gotten from the ground. He'd worked. He'd gotten harvest. And he brought some of that to the Lord. Here, this is for you. Abel, on the other hand... Offered the result of sacrifice. Sacrifice of the firstborn. Was this the first sacrifice offered? No. We said last time that the first sacrifice was offered by God. Because whereas Adam and Eve had tried to make for themselves coverings of fig leaves, those big itchy things, God made them coverings of animal skins. That required the death of animals. That means that the first blood sacrifice offered in human history was offered by God in the garden. Death had entered the picture because of sin. But now God brought a death that was sacrifice in order to provide a covering for sin, a covering for shame, a covering for their nakedness. Is, is nakedness a sin? No. Well, but, I mean, God provided a covering for their for their nakedness. Does that mean that that, uh, we should feel guilty if we have to take a shower? No. No. But we do need to realize that our problems with our bodies, if you will, to speak broadly, go back to sin. It's a consequence of the fall. And God provided a covering. Now Abel comes, following in God's pattern of offering up the life of the firstborn in order to worship God. And he did this in faith, and therefore God looked on him and his offering with favor. Cain, God did not look on him or his offering with favor. And if you look at what happens next, you kind of get an idea of why. Because when God was not pleased with Cain's offering, Cain didn't repent. Cain got angry. Cain got angry, and he stewed. His face was downcast. You ever get like that? You don't want to be like Cain. You need to change. It's called repentance. And what Cain failed to do in the way of repentance when God was not pleased with what he had thrown up to God That led to more sin. Sin grows. Have you ever heard of kudzu? Puts down roots and grows and multiplies and takes over. And that is what Cain was facing. Kudzu? No sin that grows and takes over. And so God spoke to him and said, why are you, so, are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Now what does that tell you? Cain knew what he was supposed to do. He just hadn't done it. If you do what is right, well this isn't a blindfold test where we have to feel around and figure it out. God had given them instruction. God had given them a picture of what to do. They weren't doing it. They came, wasn't doing it. God says if you do what is right, you'll be accepted. But if you don't, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. That description shows up later on, generations later, in pagan literature describing a demon crouching at the door waiting to attack someone. Where did those pagans get that idea? Because this is what God said to Cain way back when. We said previously that this phrase, it desires to have you, is the same phrase that is used in the previous chapter to describe the consequence of the fall where Eve would now desire to have her husband. But just as Cain is told you must master it, Eve is told your husband is to rule over you. It's a sad picture of marriage apart from love. And it's a tragic warning of what's about to happen with Cain. God makes it clear he was not pleased with Cain's offering. Instead of repenting, Cain gets mad. God comes to him And tells him, you know what to do. If you do it, you'll be accepted. If you don't, you're going to be overpowered by sin. Does Cain now repent? No. He continues to be angry and to let his anger fester. And he comes up with an idea. He's going to get revenge. Revenge on God by killing the one that God was pleased with. Jesus is described by the Father as his beloved Son in whom he is well pleased. The response of humanity to Jesus was to nail him to a cross. Perfection on display, God in the flesh. And mankind says, crucify him. Because our problem ultimately is with God. So Cain said to his brother, let's go into the field. Let's go for a walk. Hey, bud, little bro, come on. He takes his brother out in the field and he kills him. And so God repeats the pattern that he did with Adam. Where are you, Adam? He comes now and he says to Cain, where is your brother Abel? Why? Because God didn't know? No, God doesn't ask questions because he doesn't know the answer. God asks questions because we need to confess. The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, God knew what he had done. God saw. And God is giving Cain an opportunity to repent. And Cain smarts off to God. I mean, think about the audacity of this fellow. He has just killed his brother, and now God is saying to him, Where's your brother? Well, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? I don't understand why God didn't just go, Dzz. you know. I mean, really. Did Cain deserve to live? Of course not. I mean, it blows my mind that God would allow him to live. But as I look back over my life, some of the things that I've said, some of the things that I've done, blows my mind that God has allowed me to live. I'll tell you honestly, it blows my mind that you're here. We all deserve God's wrath. We we haven't just skated close to disaster. We deserve God's wrath. Well, Cain certainly did. Well, we certainly do. And so God then lets Cain in on the fact that he is completely aware Of what Cain has done. And as a result, the Lord said, Listen, He said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse. Remember the curse that was on Adam? The ground got cursed. And so, along with crops, you were gonna get weeds, thorns, and thistles that you weren't trying to cultivate are going to come up where you're trying to grow good stuff. Now, he says, you're under a curse to Cain. And as a result, you won't be able to farm. You're going to spend your life in the land of Nod. Where in the world is the land of Nod? That's not about a geographical location. That is about an activity. The word Nod means wandering, wandering you are going to spend your life as a wanderer, not as a farmer. You'll be a restless wanderer on the earth. So Cain said to the Lord, my punishment has caused me to repent. I am so sorry for what I did. Is that that what happened? No. Cain still having found out that God knows what he's done and that God isn't killing him but is punishing him, his response is, you're being too hard on me. My punishment is more than I can bear. This isn't fair. Please. Not please forgive me. Just let up. Mercy. The fact he was able to breathe was mercy. And so then he begins trying to explain to God what the problem with God's punishment is. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth. That's what God had already told him. And whoever finds me will kill me. You didn't think of that, did you? I'm not safe out there. Does he deserve to be safe? No. But God even accommodates that. Amazing. God is dealing with a convicted murderer who is unrepentant and smarts off to the Almighty. And when he expresses his fear that someone will do to him what he did to his brother, God says, no, I won't let that happen. Why? Why would God show mercy to someone like that? Because that's what God's like. That's why we're here. That's why we're alive. Life is hard. Well, it's not as hard as we deserve. My brother said about my mom many years ago when I was talking about the fact that she was not a complainer, he said, well, Jim, remember, she's Norwegian. He said, the Norwegian outlook on life is that life is hard, or if it's not, it should be. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of truth to that. Life is hard. And if it's not, it should be. You and I don't deserve to be here. We do not deserve sunrise and sunset. We do not deserve good-tasting food. We don't deserve food. We don't deserve air. We don't deserve all this stuff. Well, I don't think I'm getting what I deserve. You better be glad. You better be glad. You better give thanks for all the blessings in your life. So, the Lord said to him, verse 15, not so, if anyone kills Cain, he'll suffer vengeance seven times over. Then he put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. What what kind of mark was that? As one commentary says, Despite centuries of scholarly debate, we have no idea what kind of mark God put on Cain. There's just, I mean, the Bible doesn't say. Well, what do we know about it? We know that God put a mark on him so that no one who saw him would kill him. That's all we need to know. Could I get one of those marks? You don't want to end up like Cain, okay? Don't make that your ambition. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of wandering, east of Eden. Cain lay with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch, and to Enoch was born Erad, and Erad was the father of Mahuyel, and Mahuyel was the father of Methushael, and Methushael was the father of Lamech. Okay, Pastor Wood, I know this is not kind of Q&A time, but um, I'm sorry, there is, a, there is an obvious question uh, that arises in one's mind when we read or hear this passage, and that is who did Cain marry? Okay, let's deal with it. I don't know what her n- name was, but it was his sister. <laughs> well, Actually, at this time in human development, there was no problem with that. And in fact, in the generations that would follow, it would only be much later that God would say, okay, no more marrying sisters. I understand that in uh, some states you can marry your second cousin. In virtually all states you can marry your second cousin. I understand there are actually uh, maybe a couple of states where you can marry your first cousin. Actually, you can. Oh. Let me just tell you, this was not a problem. For him to marry his sister, back at a time when there was only one family on the planet, and God had told them to be fruitful and multiply... The only way to be fruitful and multiply was for brothers and sisters to marry, and this was not a problem. Many generations later, you've got Abraham, who's married to his half-sister. If you study genealogy, you will find that this person and this person who marry each other have these two sets of grandparents. And both of those grandparents have parents. Those are the great-grandparents. And the number goes out like this. But you know what else you will find? After you go back a few generations, it starts to mix again. Why? Because there's a limited number of people on the planet. And so I didn't marry my sister. I didn't marry my first cousin. I didn't marry my second cousin. But if you go back about seven generations in my family line and my, I think you have to go back about 11 generations in in, uh, my wife's family line because my ancestors got married when they were older and had kids when they were older. Hers often married when they were younger. But eventually, about seven generations back, I think, in my family, there were brothers who had the same mother and father. And she came from this line and I came from this line. Are you okay with that? Well, of course. Because the fact of the matter is, you may not want to claim me, but I'm happy to say that I'm related to some of you. We just haven't figured out how yet. Okay? Because we are. You are related to scoundrels and heroes, to ordinary people and extraordinary people. It is the nature of genealogy. All of us are related to each other. We all go back, not only to Adam, but to Noah. All of us are kin. All of us are family. And we need to love one another and not despise one another. So, this family line begins to be described, and Lamech, verse 19, married two women. This is the beginning of polygamy. God's plan from the start, according to Jesus, is exactly as recorded in Genesis. A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife and the Two, count them. Two, one more time. Two shall become one. That's God's plan. Well, what happens if you deviate from the plan? Well, then misfortune occurs. Lamech not only married two women, but he also. Starts going beyond just payback. He said, Listen, ladies, you need to know something about me. There's this young man, and he injured me, so I killed him. Yeah. Boastful, arrogant, murderous polygamist. put his picture on the wall in the post office. Adam lay with his wife again, verse 25, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth. When did that happen? Well, many generations later after all these other things have happened. No, don't be goofy. This is now going back and picking up what happened earlier. After Abel was killed and Cain was banished, now Adam and Eve don't have a son. I mean, they've got that one who's dead to them. But this son died, that son did it. I'm proud of Eve for not being one of those mothers who makes excuses and says, well, we don't know what happened to Abel. No, they knew. She admitted what Cain had done. I think that's important because it's a sign of sanity as opposed to dysfunction. God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Got that? Don't try and cover up your kids' faults. You're not doing them a favor, and you're just breeding insanity in yourself and others. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. And at that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. We see in this God's mercy to Adam and Eve, giving them another child, to carry on the line. We see in this God's mercy to mankind because it is through that child that God will bring salvation. Jesus is descended through that line. And you and I need to realize that what we see in this is not only a warning against sin and a recognition of the pervasive reality of sin in humanity, but we see in this again and again and again the mercy of our God. Because rather than destroy Cain, he banished him, but provided for his life to be preserved. And rather than just giving up because... Adam and Eve, you know, you blew it in the garden. Now your kids aren't turning out so well. I think we're just going to wipe you out too, and I'm going to start over again. He could have. There would have been nothing unjust about that. No one could have said, Unfair! I didn't do anything! Even Abel was not perfect. Hence, blood sacrifice you and i have all sinned and what is needed is the perfect sacrifice to take away our sin god had already said i'm going to provide that the seed of the woman is going to destroy the serpent because god keeps his promises you and i are here today not because we deserve it but because god is merciful god is gracious god is kind God is patient. God is love. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for loving us and providing salvation in Christ Jesus. Thank you that even back at the beginning of human history, we see your character unchanged. You are holy and you are loved. And we worship you. Help us this day to live in the confidence of your holiness and your love. And grant that more and more, we would be holy and show forth your love. In Jesus' name, amen.